Good evening, everyone. And uh, it's great to be here with you again this evening. And tonight, our topic is faith without works. And so uh, I've invited uh, a special guest to join us. And um, I'm sure most of you will know him, those of you that don't. Uh, my guest tonight is Apostle, missionary evangelist, all the way from Texas, Franklin Burns. Good evening, Franklin. Good evening, sir. And so tonight, uh, you and I are going to look at the topic, Faith Without Works. And uh, so I'm going to throw it to you straight away. And I know you're going to start off in James chapter 2. And uh, let's go. Let's hear from you. We're full of anticipation. And uh, we just want to hear about uh, your uh, various expeditions and experiences where faith has been uh, fourth and center in everything that you've done. Yes, sir. That's right. Uh, I'll slip on these little glasses. I just want to start out with using this scripture where it's talking about that faith and works, and we're talking about faith and works going hand in hand together. I, I do want to, before I read the scriptures, to, to just to say we're in the book of James. A lot of people don't understand and do not maybe know it, but, you know, James being the brother of Jesus Christ and that he is a pastor. We've always, uh, we've always encouraged any person that feels a call of the Lord to be a pastor to read and to study the book of James because it's a lot different than reading some of the other books because James is a pastor. His anointing is a pastor. And a lot of the things that you'll see, this book is not that large. And, and it's talking about James. And James is a pastor. And a lot of the things that he is saying, he is actually dealing with pastors and lots of do's and don'ts and, and how's. And uh, you need to understand that because if you want to be a pastor, you need to study the book of James. Now, James is talking about here in this scripture where he's talking about that where that... Uh, Faith without works is dead. I, I want you to understand that one of the reasons why he is doing this and why he is talking about faith without works is dead is because of the of the widows. They were they were they were dying. They they didn't have food. They didn't have money. And and uh, now I did not say that Israel didn't have money. They did. Their coffers were full of money. They had bukus of money, but the scriptures talked about that that were that they accepted Christ, and after they accepted Christ, they were exiled, cut off, and no support. It would be just like if, if you're maybe like on Social Security or government checks, and, and just because you accepted Christ, they just cut you off. Well, that's what they did to the widows, and this is what he's talking about, that they just cut them off and left them just to, just, you know, to die and to starve. So this is why he's talking about faith without works. He's talking about your salvation and you're a Christian, but if you don't have any works, you know, it's dead. So you've got to understand that, that you need to maybe to help. And, and uh, naturally he's talking about monetary because he's talking about giving to them and helping them. So it is referring to giving uh, alms, help, finances to the widows 
And this is what James is trying to, to reiterate over and over is that we can say we got faith and we're going to do things and we got faith for this and that. But if we don't do anything about it, then, then he says our salvation is in question. That are you really saved? Do you really have a born again experience? Do you really know what it is to be general, genuinely born again if you don't work? And all you can say, I've got faith and don't do anything about it. Okay? So this is what I want you to look at the scripture. And let's refer to it here a second. When he says that, that uh, what good is it, my brother, if someone else says that you have faith and do not have works, can his faith save him? Now, that's a question. And, and then another is, is talking about if a brother or sister is without clothes and without food, and, and how are you just going to say to them to be filled? So, or you say to them, go in peace. Well, go in peace, and then you don't even reach in your pocket to help them to have any bread or anything to eat or anything to drink. So, so James is really putting a lot of pressure on you here. He said, or just say, keep warm, uh, uh, eat well. And he mm -hmm. says, give to them that, you know, your body needs it and good. And in the same way that you just talked about, have good works and do good things. Well, he's talking about doing all of this, and then you don't do anything about it. You know, those, those are just empty words. And this happens a lot of times. That you just say, okay, brother, well, okay, you don't have anything to eat. Well, hey, be, be filled. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, you don't have a coat, and it's uh, Be warm. And, and so he's just really kind of, you know, yeah. putting the pedal to the metal here. That you're telling people to be fed. You're telling them to be warm. And you don't do a thing in the world about helping them. So you don't do anything. All you do is just, you're just words. And those words are empty. And, and he, and it goes, not as you continue to read this whole chapter, it's really putting in question, how about your salvation? Are you really born again? Do you really know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, personal experience? Because all you're doing is just, yeah, okay, be bad, okay, be warm. And you don't do a thing in the world about helping them. You need to be about the Father's business. You need to help people, and and it's not going to hurt you to give give a you know a little love offering, a little something. Just give somebody something to eat, or take your coat off your own back, put it around their shoulders, and keep them warm. So this Amen. is what James is doing: yeah. is telling people your faith without any works is dead. In other words, it's useless. It's worthless. What good is it that you just tell people be fed and, and be warm and you don't do a thing in the world about helping them? So, uh, Brother Paul, I just want people to understand that you've got to just be more than just uh, be, be words. You've got to be more than just say, you know, do this and do that without actually doing something about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so so you, you just need to... to to, to be about, as I said, the father's business, you need to be able to, you know, help people. Reach in your pocket, do something, you know, lay hands, pray for people, believe God for them, you know, do something about it. Don't just, don't just be a, a person of just, a, you know, say, okay, I'm going to encourage you and say, well, it's encouraging words doesn't feed you hmm. and it doesn't put a coat on your back. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to start from there. Okay. So we've got to put some action into our words. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you've got to put some action behind it. You can't just, just say things without 
something happened. I, I know that uh, I said that we were going to go all the way over and, and also talk about uh, Joshua and, and where that uh, there's Rahab. Now look at her. Now, Rahab was a prostitute, but there was the spies, the, the Jewish people. They went to her home, and she put them up. She didn't just say, okay, be protected. She didn't tell them, okay, you just, uh, you, you know, you, you be safe. No, she put them up in upper rooms and protected them. And she mm -hmm. kept them safe. She put, she put some works to her faith that they were going to be taken care of and be okay. And then when it was time, you know, that for, for them to leave, she even was the one that dropped the rope, you know, put, as we talked about the, the, the red, uh, uh, the, like the rope, put it down because she, you know, that Rahab was from the family, is actually from the family of Jesus Christ. And, and it, she put even a rope down. She said, here, and it let them down out of a window that they could escape and not be harmed. That is putting some feet to your prayers. Amen. That, that, is, that is doing something about not just saying, hey, you be safe, you be. Uh, good, you take care. Hey, you know, the old said, take care of yourself there, buddy. No, she absolutely did something about it. And Rahab did something about it. She wasn't just a, a woman of words. She was a woman of action and that it saved these guys life. And they are the ones that were protected and, and God spared their life because of her works. Okay. <laughs> And, and for those of uh, those people that may have missed the scripture you said, was that Joshua? Yes, yes. yes Joshua chapter 2. Yes. And read right. verse 1. Okay. Uh, Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. For those of you that may have missed, uh, right at the beginning there when Franklin was, was, was talking about Rahab, it's Joshua 2, verse 1. If you want to read it, go ahead. No, I, keep, keep going. Okay, okay, I'll keep going. But, uh, well, hey, you know, also in this whole setting of Joshua talking about this, it even, it even refers to Abraham. You know, when he took Isaac up on the mountain and he was going to sacrifice him, you know, he, he took the coals, he took the fire, he took his son, and, and, and he was a man of faith, but he's also a man of works. And when he got up there and built an altar, he did everything. He got everything prepared to sacrifice his son, but it was counted to him as faith. You got me? It was counted to him as faith, and that he then was, hey, what was he labeled as? A friend of God, because that he was a man of faith, and he was a man of action. He built the altar. He had the fire, mm -hmm. and he even, he even went as far as putting Isaac on the altar. And when the Holy Spirit spoke to him not to touch, he even had the knife in his hand. And he said, there's a ram caught in the thicket. And he got the ram and he offered it up in the place of Isaac, his son. Why? It's because that he was a man of works, a man of faith, but a man of works. And he did something about it. And it brought about such a great victory. And he, it was so powerful that he was labeled as a friend of God. So that, I think that is powerful. Amen. Uh, I would like to share something with you in a way of, of works. Uh, I, I uh, was building a church. I was building a church 
in the city of Cartagena, Colombia, South America. And as we were, I was building the church, I had already done a, an extensive crusade for several months. And now then it was time to actually build a building, not just have the people on the outdoors. And, you know, because we were outdoors, rains, lots, lots of rain on the coast of Colombia. And, we, and here I am, I, we've dug the foundation. I've already uh, dug the foundation. That's works. You've got to do something. If you're going to build a church, you don't mm-hmm. just sit outside and say, okay, church be built. Okay, God, build this church. Uh, that's not the way it works. I, I know one time I was putting up a tent, and boy, it was about 110 degrees. Put up a, a, a tent to do a crusade in Ciudad Victoria in Mexico. And and here we had worked and worked and worked and put up that tent. Man, I'm going to tell you something. It, it was so hot. It was unreal. And after we got the tent up, here was some new pastor come by, and he said, looking around, he said, oh, my, my, look what God did. And we said, what do you mean what God did? Boy, God putting up this tent. I said, I'll tell you something, son. God didn't put this tent up. I did. And, <laughs> I, you know, I've got the blisters on my hand, and, you know, I lost 10 pounds out here perspired and just literally uh-huh. sweat. You, you, you know, it's just one thing for people always just to, you know, just to be, uh, just, oh, look what God did. No, you know, we're the hands of God. We can be the hands and the feet of God. And and Amen. I'm building this church in Cartagena, Colombia. And I had my young pastor, Francisco Bolivar. Well, when I got so far, I noticed that this tree was so large that the limbs were hanging over and I couldn't get the roof up on the building because of the, of, the, of the limbs were so large. So I told him, this young man is going to be the pastor. I've done a crusade. Now I'm building him a church. And I said, I want you to get the ladder, climb up there, and I want you to take this saw, and I want you to cut those limbs off of that tree where I can get a roof on this building. And he said, well, I'm sorry. I'm passing out tracts and witnessing to people on the streets. And I said, well, that's what I'm trying to do is build you a church to put those people in. He said, well, I just feel like God wants me to, to go witness. And he just went off and left me there by myself. I'm mixing mud. I'm laying block. I'm trying to get a roof on a building. And he goes downtown and passes out tracks. Well, I thought, well, bless God, this has not put in some works to your faith, brother. So I gathered all my tools. I gathered all my equipment. I put it in my truck, and I went home. Well, after two or three days, he noticed I never did come back. So he came to my house. He said, uh, aren't you going to come finish the building? I said, no. I said, as far as I'm concerned, the building's finished. I'm through. I said, I am working. You're not working. You don't want to work. You want to pass out tracks? So you go pass out tracks because I am finished building on that building. So he goes to a pastor friend of mine that, that we had already built churches with, and he told him that I'd quit working, wouldn't do it anymore. And he said, well, what's the problem? He said, well, he told me he wanted me to cut the limbs off this tree. And I said, I don't want to cut limbs off the tree. I want to go pass out tracks. So what should I do? He said, well, I'd tell you one thing. He said, if I was you, I'd go cut the limbs off that tree because Franklin's not going to go back until you do. Well, finally, about a week later, he shows up at my house. He said, hey, 
I cut the limbs off that tree and my attitude was, so? So what's the big deal? He said, well, I just wanted you to know you could come finish the building. I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm finished. I said, I quit a long time ago. I said, you're going to have to learn that you've got to put some works in this thing. You, you, you know, you say you've got faith. We've got to have some, you've got to have to do something. And you're going to have to work, my brother. And I waited three weeks before I ever showed back up and built that building. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I never had any problems with that man mixing mud, bringing, laying block, and, and, and digging ditches to do. From then on, he worked. And uh, I'm going to tell you something, brother. Sometimes you just gonna you just have to to be a little bit tough and just say, brother, you, you know, you can go past that all the tracks you want to, but you know, that, that's not what uh, feeds the chickens. You know, you're gonna have to go out there and do some work to put some work to your prayer and to your faith. And so we finally got the building up and had a successful church. And since then, I even built him another church in Monteria. And that great church that did a great job. But people have got to learn to put some works into what they're doing. You don't just sit idly by and say, oh, God, Lord, feed me. Oh, God, just give me or, or do this. You've got to do something about it. And, and uh, that's exactly what I want people to understand. And this is what James was telling people. The, 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 the widows, they, they were starving. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any food. And, and people wouldn't give them and wouldn't help them. And even the government cut them off. And, and so he's starting to tell them, you know, you know, you, you've got to put some feet to your prayers. You've got to do something about it. You've mm. got to put some, you know, some work into this. You can't just say, by faith, be fed. By faith, be warm. You've got to do something about it. And sometimes it means we've got to reach down in our pockets. Sometimes we've got to do something extra. And we've got to go beyond just words. And we've got to have some deeds and some actions in there mm -hmm. to make mm -hmm. it all happen. Mm -hmm. And um, you built over 54 churches in uh, Mexico and Latin America. And yes. uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, you have at least one other uh, experience that you can share with us uh, about uh, putting your... Uh, uh, your faith uh, into action. Yes, sir. You know, the whole thing is, is that sometimes that we, we want to build and we want to do things, but sometimes it, 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 it's difficult. It's not all that easily done. You know, you have to do something about it. And uh, a lot of that is, is having to go to, to uh, like, like uh, the people in authority of your cities of your state, of your government, and getting permission to do it. I know the I've, I've done crusades in, in stadiums and where I've had to go to the mayor and, and tell them, hey, I want to have a crusade. I want, I want to start a church in this city. And, and they weren't in favor of that. But, you know, we prayed and we prayed with them and, and we had to go out and just get it done and just start ministering and preaching and praying and put some feet to it and, and witness it to people. And, and uh, the mayors of the city, I've had them to come back and, and tell me, hey, we went, we heard what you said, we, we saw what you're doing. 
and, and we see that you really mean business and we want to help you. And, and they said, all of the light bills of what you have used, we're going to pay the light bill for you. You don't owe anything. And, and, and the rents on, on that stadium, we're the city. We're going to pay the rent for you because you went out and did it. You showed us that you had a, a heart for this and that you were mindful of us in our city. So we're going to pay your rent and we're going to pay your light bill. And, 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 and so sometimes when you just show that you mean business and it's not just I'm going to faith it, but I'm going to do something about it and you're going to do some work and you're going to get your hands dirty and you're going to do something about it. It's amazing how that people will step up to the plate and they'll mm -hmm. come to your rescue and they will jump in there and be part of it and be a tremendous blessing to you, but they're not going to do it until you do something first. Mm -hmm. Amen. And why don't you share uh, the story with us uh, about when you were in Cartagena and uh, you sold all the furniture except for the blue little bench. Oh, well, we that, were, was, that, that, was, that was that was a faith move. Well, that was definitely a faith move because we were wanting to to build this church and uh, we didn't have any money. And uh, so uh, we, we had already got everything ready. We had done everything we could as far as ministry, but we, we wanted to build this church, but we didn't have money to build the church. And as we were, Doris and I were praying in the house, and it just like the Holy Spirit spoke to us, well, you've got money, but it's all tied up in furniture. And so Doris and I prayed, and we both agreed, okay, if we can sell all of our furniture, and by the way, this furniture, we had paid for it to be sent over by boat from the United States to South mm -hmm. America. So we agreed that we would put it, the word out that we were going to sell all of our furniture. We're talking about living room. We're talking about dining room, bedroom, sell everything and take that money and literally build a church. And uh, the blue bench you were referring to was actually a bench that I had in the back of my pickup truck for people to sit on. And that was the only thing that we had in the truck for people to sit on. Well, we put out the word that we were going to sell the furniture. And the next day, a retired military officer showed up at our house that he had heard about it, looked it over, never tried to, to jew me down, as we say, try to get a, a cheaper price. I told him I had to have $5,000, and he just gave me $5,000 and bought all of our furniture. And uh, we took that money, and we built the church that just had his 48th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And it has built a number of churches out of that. And we built that church with the money from our furniture. And guess what? It wasn't long after that, that there was a man that showed up at our house in Cartagena from California and said that, uh, that they were all praying and that, uh, they had felt like God wanted us to, uh, to have some finances that they had raised. And they came all the way from California and hand delivered me $5,000 hmm. to be able to buy more furniture 
and to get our stoves and you know refrigerators and such as that. And uh, that was so awesome. I didn't know the man. He didn't know me, but they were praying and said that God spoke to them to give us this money and deliver it, hand deliver it from California. So that's putting some works into their prayer and their faith. Yep. They came all the way from California and mm -hmm. handed it to me. And that's what we used to replenish our house. Every time that we did something like this, always somebody else would step up and, and bless us and do something for us that the work of God continued on and mm -hmm. never, and God never has ever failed us, but yep. we have always put our foot forward and did what we felt like was we were called to do. And God always heard and answered our prayer. And I think it's more than just say we had faith. It's because that we had some works to go along with it. Okay. Amen. And you know, here, uh, at CLC, uh, we, we've shared with you, you're, you're part of the, uh, the uh, um, external leadership team. And so you know about the Bridge of Hope, uh, yeah. where we're, we're wanting to expand the building that we have. And yes, um, a lot of work, a lot of work is having to go into that. Uh, Pastor Daniel uh, and Pastor Laura Wynell and myself, we've spent many hours, many, many hours talking about the design and meeting with architects and all that goes with that. And uh, we're just thankful to God that uh, at the moment, everything is moving in the right direction. Uh, finances are coming in, but we need more. And in a moment, uh, when we bring this to a close, um, Franklin, I'd like you first of all to pray for people tonight, for their souls, for salvation, uh, healing in their bodies, and also, I'd like you to pray a special prayer for our, our building project you've built. And I've been to many of your churches in Latin America that you've built over the years. And uh, some of them have grown uh, other churches. Some of them maybe 100 and 126 churches I know have come out of, uh, of the one in Barranquilla. Right. And so I want you to pray tonight uh, that God's hand will be upon all that we're doing, the bridge of hope, and uh, that we will. Uh, put work into our faith so that we can see uh, the furtherance of the kingdom of God here in the city of Portsmouth. So Frank, I'm going to turn it over to you in these closing moments for you to pray for salvation, healing, and then I'd like you to finish with a prayer for our project Bridge of Hope. Well, you know, that is, that is awesome that you say that, Paul, because when I was thinking about... Uh, sharing this uh, testimony with you about how that I had that young pastor, Francisco, to cut down the tree limbs and, and to help us where we could build the church. It came to my mind that you at CLC, that you were expanding your building. You were trying to enlarge your building for more, for, you know, larger capacity for your people. And I do know that it, those things take finances. It takes it does not only take prayer, but it takes finances. And people have got to, that's where work comes in. You don't just say, okay, you know, building be built. You, you've got to do something about it. There's going to be materials that's got to be purchased. There's got to be people that's going to have to put their hands, you know, to the trowel and to the hammers and to the saws and to make things happen. And, and that crossed my mind before you ever asked me, to do something about that, that was already on, on my heart. So 
I really believe that uh, you are going in the right direction. I do believe that you're doing the right thing with, with your pastors and, and other people that on, on your staff of doing something about enlarging that building and getting it to the place that it will, it will seat more people. So God richly bless you. And we'll be praying that the finances will come in, that people will, will put some, some works to their prayers and to their faith. Amen. And you will finish that building. Okay? All right. I believe that. Amen. Okay. Well, I just, Father, I just come to you right now and praying right now for, for Paul and, and Wynell, his wife, as they work and labor in the church. I pray, Lord God, for, for Pastor Daniel and Laura, God, that you will bless them and keep them well in body. Keep them safe, Lord. And God, as they, as, as they work and labor and reach out to people, I'm just praying, Heavenly Father, that the Holy Spirit will speak to them, that show them ways that, that we can not only have faith to believe, but we can also put our hand to the plow and believe God for miracles and things to happen and to take place. Touch the lives. And Lord, the other members of, of the extended uh, leadership, the other brothers and sisters that are involved, Bless them in their ministries and where they're at and their field of labor. Touch their bodies. God, I touch their pocketbook, touch their finances. God, I speak to people that they will do some works in, in blessing them with finances and offerings and prayer. God, I just thank you for opportunities like this, that we can use the technology that we have today, that we can congregate together and Minister your word and preach and pray and believe God as we all unite together, our arms, uh, you know, hooked together, our hands holding together. And God, that we're going to see a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit. We're not going to spend our time just worrying and all about viruses, but we're right now, God, believing you for great and mighty things that's going to happen and take place and that we are going to be victorious, and there is a greater day coming, and we embrace that, and we believe it, and we're going to see great and mighty things happen that's well beyond our expectation, as you said that you would give us abundance in the name amen. of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Amen and amen. And uh, you will see a slide come up just in a few moments. And should you want to get in contact with us, it will give you all the details of our Facebook connection, our email address, office number. It'll also give you a cell phone number. And if you need any help or you need prayer uh, or in any way that the church can help you, please feel free to contact us in these, uh, in these coming days. And the details are right there now. And uh, you, can, you, can, you can note them down. And uh, Franklin, I just want to say a great big thank you to you uh, for sharing with me tonight, just in, this, in these few moments. And for those of you that don't know, Franklin is my father-in-law, uh, he's my mentor, and very inspirational uh, to me. And uh, maybe sometimes you can see Franklin coming out of me in, uh, in, in the way I deal with certain things. But anyway, it's been great being with you, Franklin. I see you have your Anytime Fitness uh, sweatshirt on tonight 
Uh, yeah. That make all the young guys, you know, Franklin, uh, j just in this closing seconds, uh, Franklin used to be able to push 300 plus pounds. Yeah, he was yes. a bench push. And he still goes to the gym now and he's well into his 80s. So it makes us younger guys feel a little bit, uh, you know, we need to get out there and do things. Franklin, God bless you. Uh, love to everybody in the family there in Texas. Thank you for your time. We love you. God bless you. And have a blessed week. Amen. Amen. Bless you. And, and my love to the pastors and the church and to you guys. Look forward to seeing you one of these days. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.